the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He is risen. He is alive. This is the most amazing good news in our world. It demonstrates that his sacrifice was complete and accepted. In Acts chapter 5, we have seen that the Holy Spirit brought purity to the church. There was a sense of holy awareness. And then there was a time of powerful ministry by the apostles. They boldly preached and used their apostolic gifts to benefit society. Read there in verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Many people were healed after the deaths of Ananias and Sapphira. Some, however, were cautious to join the church. One would take it that they were ones who had been impressed and excited in some way, but at the same time were overcome by fear. They didn't want that degree of holiness. We read, however, in verse 13, the end of the verse, about the people magnified them. In general, although perhaps not willing to become Christians, Yet, they esteemed them highly. There were those, verse 14, those unbelievers who were added to the Lord. They heard the gospel truth, proclaimed with boldness, and it was mixed with faith in their hearts, and they were added to the church. What an amazing time of blessing that must have been. But there were those who did not want this message to be heard. They wanted to put a stop to it. And the Sadducees were filled with indignation. Read that in verse 17. The high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. They were upset that the teaching in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they were upset that the teaching in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, was going ahead so boldly and reaping such a harvest. They wanted to stop it. They did that by putting the apostles into common prison from where an angel released them. Verse 19, the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. 
didn't bring them out for a time of hiding. Didn't bring them out for a time of relaxing. Brought them out with clear instructions. Verse 20. Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And that is exactly what they did. As soon it would seem as the temple opened, they were there, teaching, speaking, preaching, telling people the wondrous truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, and what it meant. This was not what the chief priests and those in authority wanted. They were taken aback to hear that they were out of prison and teaching publicly. It would seem that the people were listening. For they were certainly there to hear, as verse 25 says at the end there, that they were teaching the people. We know from the preaching recorded in these early chapters of the book of Acts that the main focus of their ministry was indeed on Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. And so, verse 26, they were arrested again and set before the council. They had obeyed what the angel had told them to do. They were carrying out the commission that their Saviour had given them. They were seeking to make disciples by boldly proclaiming the wondrous truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were arrested again. We note, firstly, that Christ rose from the dead amidst hostility. The rulers challenged the apostles here in verse 28. Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? This was not the first time they had been hostile. This was not the first time they had objected to Jesus. They had been hostile right back before he died, before he rose. At every turn, they had been hostile. And we see that in Matthew chapter 26, the third verse. We see there the, the, the assembly of the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people. What, what were they doing? Verse 4, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. That was their answer to Jesus and his miracles. That was their answer to Jesus and his gospel preaching. They wanted to take him quietly and kill him. They were the ones who delivered him to Pilate. They were the ones who secured and sealed his grave. As we saw 
this morning. Then between those two events, they had stood at the cross and mocked him, calling upon him to prove the truth of his claims by coming down from the cross. He saved others, they said. Himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. What mockery was theirs. They were not in the least bit honest. For when he rose from the grave, instead of believing, they bribed the gods to tell a lie that they had allowed his body to be stolen. And then, when the apostles began preaching, they banned them from teaching in the name of Jesus. But Peter and the apostles served a risen Saviour. They knew that Jesus had won the victory. He had not remained in the tomb. He had risen from the dead. And so they were not intimidated. They took this appearance before the council as an opportunity for witnessing once more. They reminded the council that whilst they had their position of authority, they had to remember the sovereignty of God, that they were accountable to God too. As we read in verse 29 of Acts chapter 5, we ought to obey God rather than man. Going on, simply to state that the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. So charging them with killing God's Messiah. The whole of Jesus' ministry had been faced with opposition from the religious authorities. His death had been an act of great hostility. But in it, God was working out his purpose. Even the precautions that they took were proofs that he had truly died and risen from the grave. They meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. As Peter said on Pentecost, 
Acts chapter 2 verse 23. Jesus being delivered by the determinate counsel of foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands are crucified and slain. Going on there in verse 31 to say, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Peter went on, as we read in Acts 5 verse 31. to explain him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins the God who raises the dead is to be obeyed he is all powerful he uses the wicked desires of men's hearts the most evil of actions to accomplish his purpose the promise given to Eve of one who would win victory over Satan was brought about through the sinful actions of people like us at uh, the cross. We are not to be disturbed at any appearance of hostility to the gospel. So long as it's not hostility caused by our own wrong actions or attitudes but like the apostles we are to continue proclaiming the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ he who died on the cross he who rose in triumph from the tomb and so we see verse and so we see, secondly, the apostles proclaim Jesus risen from the dead. Jesus truly died. Jesus truly rose. He is alive today. Jesus rose from the tomb. That stone was rolled away from it to allow his disciples to see in. The religious rulers were desperate to silence this message. The apostles who had deserted Jesus when he was arrested had been given power on the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to proclaim this good news. At every opportunity, they began to preach Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. We read Acts 2, verse 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the apostles preached Christ's resurrection, they were saying that his body, which had been sealed in the tomb by his enemies as an act of hostility, had risen 
to life and left the tomb. Yes, it was a miracle. A miracle beyond our regular expectation and understanding. That's what miracles are. Sadly, some teach that Jesus lives on in his principles or in our hearts in some mystical way. That's not what the apostles were teaching. That's not what happened. Jesus rose from the dead. As the angel spoke to the women in Luke chapter 24, when they came hoping to anoint his body with the spices, we read these words. Why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. He is truly alive. That grave could not hold him. It had no hold over him because he did not die for his own sin. He died for the sin of his people. The apostles were banned from proclaiming this truth. But even their arrest provided them another opportunity to preach it again. The angel had set them free and told them to preach. And now, once more, they were doing just that. They had one consistent message. It was all about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial and resurrection, and what it meant. They were clear that Jesus' death was not just some great tragedy, nor was it merely an example of nobly enduring persecution for something that was good. Rather, it was for God to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins, as we read in verse 31. When they preached, they made clear that their hearers were guilty before the all-powerful holy God, but that God was gracious and would forgive those who repented and believed. Jesus died and rose again so that guilty people could be saved, could have forgiveness, could have reconciliation with God. The religious leaders were very proud of having Abraham for their father. However, they had rejected The one whose day Abraham had rejoiced to see. They needed repentance and faith. 
The message of the cross, the message of the empty tomb, is that Jesus has done it all. He has finished the work of redemption. Forgiveness is what he paid for. We cannot keep God's law. We cannot be perfectly holy in loving God and our neighbour as ourselves. But Jesus did. He did it all. And he bore the penalty for our sin on the tree. And that sacrifice on his part was accepted. And he rose in triumph from the tomb and is exalted on high. The message of the gospel always brings a reaction. As a hearer, you may be hostile. Just like these chief priests and Sadducees were. In the face of the facts, they doubled down in their hostility. But it didn't alter the facts. It didn't alter the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is risen. It didn't alter the fact that he is building his church. The triumph is his. Others are indifferent or stand back and watch at a distance. Perhaps as somebody's in the passage we read looked on maybe thought something of the miracles but we don't read that they all were added to the church we don't read that they all came in repentance and faith there's always a danger of having a semi-detached interest sometimes you enjoy something of it which just kept in its place. That's not following Jesus. That's not the response that is demanded by the glorious truth of his resurrection. He is the exalted Lord. Only those who repent and believe benefit from Jesus' death and resurrection thirdly we see witnesses of the resurrection chapter 5 verse 32 the apostles said and we are his witnesses of these things and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him the apostles were first-hand witnesses. They were familiar with Jesus. As John wrote in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. They were there during his ministry. From the time of John the Baptist 
right through to the time of his ascension into that cloud which took him into glory. It has to be said. They were skeptical witnesses. They had not been expecting Jesus to die and then to rise again. As we saw recently in John chapter 12 verse 16, these things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. They should have understood the Old Testament was about the Lord Jesus Christ. It was about how he was coming as the Messiah to deliver his people, to save them. And that his sacrifice was called for. As Jesus had taught them of the, the sign of the prophet Jonah, Jonah, who before going to preach to that great city had been cast into the sea. Jonah, who had spent those three days in that great fish before being thrown out again onto dry land that that was a sign that the coming Saviour would die and be raised to life once more. Remember the time when Jesus told his apostles that he must needs go to Jerusalem to suffer and be killed and rise again the third day. We read Matthew 16 verse 22 Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. They were sceptical. It was not what they were hoping for. It was not what they were expecting. Christ had to say to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Even after his resurrection, with the testimony of the other disciples, Thomas refused to believe. John chapter 20, verse 25. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. They were sceptical. Remember the two on the road to Emmaus. They were sorrowful as they walked because they had hoped. But the hope was gone. They saw Jesus as dead, defeated in the tomb. They didn't realize he had risen. He had won the victory. He is alive. 
was only a personal appearance of the risen Lord to Thomas one week later, which brought him to confess, my Lord and my God. And the two on the road to Emmaus would later say after the Lord had opened to them the scriptures and shown them things concerning himself, that they would say, did not our hearts burn within us? Oh, the disciples had been sceptical. But they had every assurance of Jesus' resurrection. First Corinthians chapter 15, Paul gives a list of Christ's resurrection appearances. And he tells us there that on one occasion, Jesus appeared to above 500 at one time many of whom were still living as Paul wrote. These disciples were there when Jesus ascended into the clouds, which you can read of in Acts chapter 1. They were given an admonition and an assurance at that time. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The book of the Acts is a record of some of the witnessing of the apostles. It describes the church being built in Jerusalem, then in Samaria, and ends up with the gospel in Rome. Once more, an apostle is a prisoner. But still, he could rejoice that the gospel was being preached. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. The leaders in Jerusalem of those who were hostile to the gospel, thought they were winning a great victory by having Paul arrested and put on trial. But he took that as an opportunity to appeal to Caesar, which he was entitled to do as a Roman citizen. And being a prisoner in Rome, he had a guard of the Praetorian Guard and was able to witness as those guards rotated. And he could, as we read, say that all that had happened to him had been unto the furtherance of the gospel. It had even been taken into the palace. The enemy it's hostile. The enemy thinks he's winning. But the enemy always overreaches himself. 
Christ died on that cross. There was darkness. It looked like the end. It is finished, was his cry. But what a victory he won in his death. What a victory he won in his resurrection. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. We still have the testimony of the apostles with us today. This testimony is found in our Bibles. As the church and as individual believers, we are called upon to continue in the apostles' doctrine and to proclaim the apostles' doctrine. We are to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in the world today. And to proclaim that there is forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God for all who repent and believe. This is the transforming new life message of Christ's death and resurrection. The amazing message that the apostles proclaimed at every opportunity. This is what we are here to tell people about today. This is a message of hope which we can share with everyone. No matter what their heritage, no matter what their riches or their poverty, we cannot change the world and make it paradise today. But the Holy Spirit uses our witness in the message of the gospel to add to the church such as should be saved. The Holy Spirit brings new life to hopeless lost sinners as the gospel truth of Jesus is proclaimed. We read in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 If you confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. What a wonderful truth we have. What a message of hope is us. Jesus is risen. He is alive. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.